This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. In this episode, I have a conversation with my friend and chiropractor, Sarah Nelson. The thing about Sarah is that you know when you're in her presence because she's like this bright emanating light and you feel more joyful and uplifted just being in her presence. And everybody would tell you that. She's just amazing. I was so looking forward to the conversation and hearing more about the things that she's doing, like the work that she does and her travels. But what I didn't expect to talk about were things like elongated skulls and scab me. So prepare yourself. It's going to go all over the place. Here we go. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jane. Thank you for having me. It is so fun to have you all to myself for a little while. <laughs> as, <laughs> it is nice to not be interrupted. I'm looking forward to this. As creepy as that sounds, just for a little background, um, Sarah has been my chiropractic extraordinaire for the past few years, and I feel like every time I go there, there's this long line of people just wanting to soak up her her skills and her energy. So it's always like, we have to hurry, 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 but then we talk about so many things and I have to rush out the door, and I always feel like I've been like, wait, I wasn't really finished yet. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm like, wait, we're not done. <laughs> right, right. We have so much fun, and I think... Um, So you've been my chiropractor, but you've also been just such an inspirational woman in my life because of the way that you live your life and just really who you are. I mean, how you show up in the world. And we've had a few other things, like I came to a class that you taught on just a whole bunch of things about holistic living. Um, I think you've tried for probably the entire time I've known you to encourage me to take one of your exercise classes and I keep I'm just scared to death of doing it because you're such a badass so I keep like going yeah you'd be so awesome you'd be so great you'd surprise yourself I guarantee it I don't know well guess what actually I did take your advice on something and I started going to Orange Theory you did awesome how do you like it I love it and here's why because you know I love I'm it's funny like I can May I can like get on this podcast and make all these things happen and have my own like drive myself to do it in a hugely uh, exciting way. And even and I love working out too. I really do. But I don't seem to be the sort of person that can make myself follow through on all the reps and sets. So I really like having a trainer. Like if I'm left to my own devices, I'll just find someone to chit chat up on the treadmill and I'll stay there while they're working out. (laughs) I did not know that about you because you seem so driven. I mean, no, I I won't do it. But I've recognized that in myself. Like, okay, if I, you know, like I always did group sports, you know, I was a a all season athlete. So I was always on a team and always Mm -hmm. kind of working out with other people. And then suddenly when you're out of that, when you go out of college and you're kind of left to your own device, 
<laughs> I realized I could find 8 million things to do <laughs> other than what it is I'm supposed to do. That's, like, I would not have known that about you. Yeah, That's really yeah, funny. It's so, true. So tell me, uh, what sports did you play? That's curious. Uh, basketball, true. volleyball, and softball. But volleyball was my primary sport. Mm, I bet. I can totally yeah. see you doing that. Oh, do I you, loved it. Do you, um, Have you played since you got out of school? I have. Yeah, I played in college. And then I also played – actually, I've been playing sent, like out of grad school since – just since my injury, you know, my little issue. You're back up um, again? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm working again. I'm doing quick fix. Nice. Um, yeah. So I'm feeling really well. Like, like I'm able to do things the way I want for the most part. It's right. just my um, stamina. Cause I still have some residual paralysis and like right. my thumb and a couple of muscles in my shoulders and right. things I'm still waiting to come back. But, um, oh, so my endurance will. isn't there, they but they totally yeah, will. for sure. Like you're I'm like the, you're the poster child of recovery. Seriously. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I mean, like, I think that uh, in my opinion, this will launch you into something where you're going to help so many other people with oh, things like this because oh the way gosh. that you fa- the way that you would you know basically took it on and went this isn't stopping me I'm going yeah right back I kind of had to say like that's not an option you know when he told me like you know be prepared for eighteen months I was like what not acceptable yeah. <laughs> <And> where, <laughs> not where are acceptable. you now at like seven you're already at seven I'm maybe? at eight at eight, eight and months. you're already back to work so cool. yeah yeah so and I'm cool. feeling good like people don't even know anything happened at this point you know oh. before I couldn't even wave or um, right. shake a hand or do anything and so now like nobody even knows anything happened really That's if they don't know the story so cool yeah That's yeah like... so i'm really grateful and then i went to the gym actually i've been going to the gym here and there and just doing what i can yeah. i've been going to the gym the whole time it's just i'd have to do lower extremity stuff and right. i just had a lot of good support you know like people were so um shocked to see me there and you know and, and like one of the instructors came up and she says uh she goes well sarah i know you know, do you want me to put you back in the corner? Do you want to kind of hide back? I'm like, well, no. Right, I think right. she was more more awkward about it than I was. Um, but I said, you know, everyone knows what happened, so I'm right. okay with it. And then I'm glad I made that decision and I kept going because I had so much support from people. Right. Kind of right. saying, oh, man, we're so happy to see you. I, I had people, like, crying and stuff. Oh, like, totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I still, like, I think about you literally, like, since it all went down. I mean, I think about you all the time, literally oh. all the time. I mean, I just, oh, because... Yeah, because you, you inspire everybody. I mean, the fact that I think that's why people are so happy to see you there because everybody just knows that you're going to be amazing and you're going to show you're going to show this oh, up and be past it. So I don't know. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. But I did. It felt good to just have that kind of um, you know, like I had women who I didn't know, right? Who, who just knew my story, and then um, as the as the months went on and as my improvement was obvious, like with uh-huh. the moves I was doing, that I was getting more motion. Right. You know, get teary eyed and come up and hug me, and they say, "You couldn't do that a month ago." Oh, you know, I you love that. It was nice because it was almost like celebrating my victories. You yeah. Know. You know, in a way, I didn't really want to spend a, a lot of time on that because I want to spend a, a lot of time on all the cool things you've done. But really, this has been a pretty, pretty big thing. So the question that just popped in my head is what was like, did that give you a really different perspective on like, I mean, you work with people who are suffering and injured and, you know, dealing with illness and limitations and disabilities all the time. That's part of yeah. your life work. Did it give you some sort of different perspective? Well, it certainly gave that? me empathy, you know, mm-hmm. like to, you don't really recognize the, the power of what you do, you know, mm-hmm. until you're thrown in the position of the person who you do it for whom you do it. But right. um, I, I would say probably the biggest thing I learned from it um, it was really kind of not so much in that regard. It was more the value of stillness. And I, uh, and I think that's the biggest 
my biggest lesson in this because it was mm. almost like, you know, the universe kind of saying, Sarah, if you're not going to slow down, well, we'll make you, <laughs> you know, I knew that was coming. I knew that yeah. was, I knew it. I just, knew it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, so in your face and overt, like, how could I possibly miss that message? So apparently I had missed the memo for years and finally something <laughs> drastic had to happen. <laughs> so you what know? did you use with that? Like, how did you how did you, what did you do with that stillness that, that you think, I mean, aside from just like slow down and, and listen, what, what came yeah. from that? Well, you, I always, I guess I always feel like, um, I, I have just the kind of, I you know, je ne sais quoi kind of thing where you, I just feel like, um, a jack of all trades, master of none. I want to do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why my days get so filled. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that feeling, people, right? Yeah. Like some people I know have the problem. I have a very good friend who's this way. She's very talented and everyone knows it. And so they are always asking for her help. And mm -hmm. she's such a giving person that she, you know, the, the common problem that people give too much of themselves. And, and she's always doing that because she's unable to say no. Mm -hmm. And I think there's different reasons for which people have that problem. Mine is kind of different. I'm okay with saying that I'm, I'm recognized when I'm overwhelmed with um, my commitments. So I'm, I'm able to kind of say no. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not able to <laughs> like quench my, my passion for things. Like, Oh, I really want to do that. And right. I get so passionate about it, but sometimes it could be kind of, you know, you gotta, you gotta slow down a little bit too. So, so I think this was my slowdown. It was just going, Hey, Sarah, knock it off. Just, just be. In fact, I was talking to this woman. Um, she's like a healer, you know, an intuitive, mm -hmm. right? Like you. And she said, uh, "Oh, you know, I didn't tell her what was going on with me, but she was kind of sensing um, there were some issues there." And uh, she said, "Well, I'm getting this sense. I just keep hearing stillness. Be still. No more doing. Stillness. Be still." And at the time I was talking to her, that's when my arms were 100% paralyzed and pinned to my side. Oh. And I was having to talk to her with my my phone. I had to have the kids dial the phone in on speaker and prop it up on my lap. So I mean, I was oh very gosh. much still. I mean, I was as still as still could be. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but I really, I, I really kind of go, oh my gosh. And it wasn't, I thought it was hitting me. And then I made a comment to her later on as we were talking about how I was really looking forward to this um, time of, you know, this downtime because I was going to take some meditation classes and do some things for personal growth. And she goes, mm -hmm. Sarah, wait, 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 wait. You're not getting it. You know, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it again. Uh, right, right. Oh, oh, everything stopped. I can now take classes. Now I yeah, can go. Exactly. Let me study online how to like, <laughs> let me learn Italian. Let me do, you know. Yeah, that's a yeah. hard lesson. I mean, I think that is hard for a lot of people, but I think it's especially hard for people who are just used to being yeah. so filled. And, I, you know, that's the thing that, um, and you probably experience this too. Like, I'm so excited about so many things all the time. That mm -hmm. the idea of just pausing, I'm like, why would I do that? I'm having so much fun. Is that is that what you're kind of how it Absolute, was? Absolutely. Like right. I'd always said, well, I'll do that when I'm dead. Right. <laughs> <I'll do that> <laughs> <when> <laughs> you know? No. And they said no. <laughs> and they said, no, no, you're going to do it now, like it or not. So do, you feel, do you feel like this pause, though, has like um, deepened your <sighs> spirituality or something in you that's new that will come out in a new way going forward? Really intense, Jane. Like I, I'm so grateful for it in so many ways. And it, and it, it was good for my relationships, both mm -hmm. with my with my mom, with my, you know, Todd and with mm -hmm. the kids, just, just everybody, because I, I was very much present. 
in fact, um, you know, because when you're off doing all these millions of things, and half of them would be with the kids too, so it wasn't like I was um, away from the family, but when you're running and, and doing and experiencing, which I think is so important, and I feel like it's my duty mm-hmm. and my, um, you know, the beauty of being a parent is that you need to expose your children to so many things. Mm-hmm. But I would be like, oh, this is coming here. Maybe they'll like to do that. I need to show them what this is all about, and they can decide if they like that or not, you right, know? right. Um, but it, it, since I couldn't drive or really, you know, get dressed, <laughs> you, the way that you laugh about that just, just kills me. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. it was yeah. actually, we have some pretty good, we have some good jokes about it. Right. But, right. You um, have to, right. That's the only you thing do. you can do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You do. Uh, but I was, I was laying in bed there and Jack, you know, our eldest, he would have mm-hmm. been 14 at the time. He came up and he, he was laying by me in my bed and, uh, he just goes, mom, you know, in his infinite 14 year old brain wisdom, you know, in compassion. Right, right. <laughs> says, Mom, I know being paralyzed is super sucky, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought he was going to say, like, can you make me a sandwich with your feet or something? <laughs> right. Like, figured out where it's going. He goes, but. And I'm just waiting. He goes, I really like having you next to me. Oh. <gasps> and I was like, what? Like, oh my gosh, it was so, it almost wow. made me like go, I hope this lasts forever. Like, right, that was so beautiful. Right, right. You know, because he, like, to just take time to physically just be not doing anything, mm-hmm. not not discussing anything, not planning anything, to just laying next to each other and just breathing and being there in the quiet. <sighs> he had appreciation for that. And I thought, boy, that was really profound. That is, you know, it, actually, I think I was supposed to hear that today. Because yeah. I, I have a 14-year-old, as you know, right. and I I sense that he's really angsty right now about something, but I mean, he's such a great kid. So I'm, I'm, I mean, all in all, he's like an amazing, both of my boys, amazing, but he's just angsty. And, I, and uh, I'm like, what is it? What is it? Well, I've been like in podcast, um, the podcast cave, like nonstop for the past two weeks. Sure. And I think it's exactly that. Like, I need your presence. I need you to be still with me. And so that's a good message for me. Yeah, there you go. And it doesn't even have to be like doing anything, you know, it could just right. be it's just sitting in the same room. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I want to back it up a little bit because sure. I want to talk a little bit about um, the question I had for you. So so it's it's impossible to meet you and not sense how inspired you are from like your inner core, you know, how, how much the world is like this curious playground for you. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered if like where that came from, how did that start? And yeah. If you want That's to talk a good about question. that. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, I'm a rarity in that I was an only child and I kind of grew up in the middle of nowhere. So maybe it was out of boredom. <laughs> That's funny. People always think, you know, oh my goodness. Like when they meet, they would meet my mom. My mom uh-huh. lives with us. I don't know if you remember that. but I do, yeah. Yeah. So my mom lives with us and she's just like the salt of the earth, best human being on mm. the planet. And she's so patient and kind and quiet and uh-huh. just just this like just wonderful like energy of just love, right? Right. But she doesn't have to speak much. She's always just kind of there mm-hmm. and a constant, right? Well, so people um they'll meet my mom and go, <laughs> What in the world? <laughs> I knew where this was going. <laughs> <laughs> How are you two from the same genetic stock? <laughs> and, uh, well gosh, I think I was maybe making up for, you know, her passivity and quietness <laughs> in the in the quiet, you know, country home of right. gosh, if no one's gonna talk, I guess I'll just like go explore and learn and have an interview with myself and <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
Wait, wait, you interview yourself. I do that oh, all I the time. Do. Do you? Oh my god. Like I was walking around the other day talking out loud and the dog just started looking at me again and I'm like, I really need to stop this. this <laughs> the neighbors are gonna talk. I know, seriously, like I'll be driving in my driveway and talking in my car to myself. It's so bad. It. It's so messed it. up. So so um you're an only child. That's shocking yeah. to me. That's like really shocking to me because you are so personable and you have four boys. Yeah, funny, <laughs> That's a switcheroo, right? You would never think it. <laughs> yeah. And so and so yeah, you know, we had um and so then my dad was uh, you know, part of my life as well, but my parents were divorced and so I would go to his farm on the weekends and so I'd have a lot of quiet time in nature, mm-hmm. which I really, really value to mm-hmm. this day. Like I think everybody needs to kind of reconnect with that that quiet time. Absolutely. Um, amongst the trees and just in the fresh air, you know. So so I guess that's it maybe. I just had a curiosity because I didn't have distractions maybe. Hmm, you know, I think I, there's a lesson in that, don't you think? Yeah. Like, especially for, t- for today's youth, which I am, um, you know, part of. I know my kids have a lot of distractions. I think that's yeah. part of what you set up when you're doing a, a million things yourself. So that's a good lesson of like really getting them out to nature. Now, yeah. um. Let's see. So how did you end up becoming a chiropractor? What well, led you there? It's kind of funny. I, I thought that, well, I knew that I, in, in high school even, like I knew I wanted to do something like to work with my hands to mm-hmm. be kind of creative or, so I thought I wanted to be a dentist or an orthodontist. Mm. That's kind of where I thought I wanted to be. And and now that I look back, I think I might've been gently nudged by my dad <laughs> in that regard. But, but I, so I went through this mentoring program my senior year and which I would recommend to every professional listening to this. It's such a wonderful thing to, uh, to do for, for young people because mm-hmm. it really changed my life. And I've done it for several um, of my patients two of whom have, have become chiropractors, which was really cool. Nice. But um, yeah, because I think that we've lost that. And, and, you know, it used to be the days of apprenticeships and things like that. But anymore, you kind of pick out of a book of what you think you want to be and you see how much they make and how much school it takes and you decide that way. And that's not really a very good way to find your passion. So No, not at all. No, and and that's kind of what I was doing with them, the dentistry thing. So, so anyways, I was off to school and actually I was just ending my senior year and I was um, – you know, playing volleyball and doing some, not real busy, but, but this fellow somehow approached me for this mentoring program. And it was a local dentist who was just really funny. He Mm -hmm. was church. He was just a witty, funny guy. So I always kind of liked him. So I thought, Oh yeah, this will be great. And so (laughs) it took me all of probably four hours to go, Ooh, ah, (laughs) not for me. (laughs) See, that's perfect. Like I thought you were going to go the other way. That was a great story because I thought you were going to say this chiropractor, a uh, man approached yeah. me and you were like, I no. must do this. So, you no. know, my niece just had that same thing happen. She thought she wanted to do accounting and went and worked in a office for a day and went like, yeah, that is not what I can do all day long. Yeah. <laughs> that's so like... funny. I think that's, that's exactly the way it should happen though. And early as possible, right? Figure for that sure. out as early as possible because if that is not where you want to be. It was absolutely not. Yeah. And cause and he always like seemed like such a good energy and I thought, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, this is gonna. And you go to the office, and it was like a 180. It was quiet and dreary. Right, and just and that I, sucking sound of those like water yeah. sucking machines all day long. Sorry, dentist people out it's, there. But... Yeah, yes, d- dentists were listening. I'm sure you love your profession. You <laughs> it's hate valuable. It's valuable. I, so yeah, but I can well, do it. I had a it. problem with um, <laughs> you know, if I would try to re- evoke some kind of response out of a patient, they couldn't even 
talk to you back because they're mellows, oh, you know, and they're drooling and yeah so it just wasn't I didn't like the the fact that there was no reciprocity in the conversation <laughs> you know well like, apparently that would have worked fine for me since I'm so well good at talking to myself so. <laughs> well, yeah I probably could have done that maybe, I don't know how well my practice that... would have been built <laughs> yeah but yeah so he so then actually it was Dr. Kep um back in my hometown and and I had just said he goes, well, what do you think? I go, Gal, I appreciate what you do, but I don't know that it's for me, and, and this is why. And so he goes, what are your objectives? And, you know, and he didn't take offense to it at all. He just kind of says, what are your objectives? I said, well, I really um, – that was back when um, antibiotic overuse and superbugs were kind of coming mm-hmm. in the limelight. And so I was kind of uh, passionate about that. I said, well, I really – I want to be – I want to help people. I want to be in the healthcare field. I want to work with my hands, but I'm really against um, antibiotic overuse and things like that. And uh, so he goes, well, gosh, you know, so he kind of started thinking, he goes, you know, I have a friend um, he, he golfed with at the country club every Wednesday or whatever. Uh-huh. So, you know, it kind of sounds like, you know, chiropractic might be good for you. And I'm like, Kyra, what? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> geez. Know anything about it. it was that and, random? Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. (laughs) So conversely then, so, so in Dr. Kep's office, you know, people were coming in and they were leaving and they're drooling on themselves and they're crying, (laughs) you know, and it's like this crazy atmosphere. Then I go to um, my chiropractor that I ended up um, working for all the summers and really enjoyed it. Um, I go to his office and you've got little old ladies bringing in banana bread. They need you. Like, Thank you cards. (laughs) Oh, such a such so much better, so much, so much better. I love that, and that is how your office is today. There's always some happy joy thing happening in the in the lobby, and oh yeah, yeah, I really like it. You know, the boys will be like, and it's so great. They'll go, hey, mom, did anybody bring you anything today? <laughs> they come up with such funny things sometimes. Like, oh, I don't just, think I've ever brought you anything, though. Okay, what well, you're, hey, your love and light, I'll keep that <laughs> all day long. Okay, okay. But yes, you get like funny, you know, like a like a, a farmer might bring, you know, kale or oh. just like a little thank you. And I used to, I've never done that. I had prior to, to, you know, me kind of being in this position, I had never done that for any people that I would go to. Mm-hmm. And now you know they've kind of spread what do you, you know kind of spread the uh passing it forward or whatever you call it because right. now my hairdresser i always try to bring a little just something like a little trinket here and there not always but you know every couple of times just can say hey i appreciate you whether it's just a nice hot coffee or you know that is something. so nice i need to start doing that i don't think yeah, of those things think that does. it's nice you know? if i would t- i think i'll stop talking to myself so much and think of maybe <laughs> ideas to do for other people oh i like that Multitask. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me this then okay so you decided chiropractor is your place because it's very lala and exciting and joyful and there's banana bread and yep. then so you went to school for that and where like where is what is the thing underlying like your passion that fills you up like what is the thing that fills you up then or maybe now or walk through transition to that I would say like I don't want to say converting people but changing people in a way that's like better for them and better for everybody like mm-hmm. like I know this is one of my favorite things in practice that happens and I love it mm-hmm. is when like a, a, usually it's men, but sometimes it's women too. <laughs> usually a guy will come in, he's kind of gruff and he's, you know, people are, are grumpy at first because they're hurting oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, right. they haven't slept for days and, you know, they're in a kind of in a bad place, but I love the way it shifts by the, the end. Like I love whenever, um, their disposition and their, their day and their, you know, 
their outlook on things shifts by the end of the appointment mm -hmm. because some, sometimes it's from the treatment. Sometimes it's just from listening. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just the idea of hope, <laughs> you know, like we're right. kind of going wait because because to them, that's the biggest thing happening to them right then. It, you know, they're miserable and they're feeling like they're out on an island. And so oftentimes it'll happen with men, but it's women too. But they'll come in and they'll be gruff and grumpy. And, you know, right. my wife made me come. I don't want to be here. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I've seen and, that. Yep. <laughs> and that's absolutely my favorite because then, and then once they kind of, I, I always say, drink the Kool Aid. Right, <laughs> right, right. Like, hey, you're welcome. You know, you don't have to drink the Kool Aid, but, you know, here's a glass in case you want to try it. <laughs> and so when they uh, kind of get converted and they kind of see the, the simplicity and the okay. ease and the effectiveness of, of what we're doing, you know, so I guess that's probably my, something that drives me is whenever you're able to do some kind of shift in people. Well, because you're basically, I mean, well, first of all, I can't imagine anybody coming in to see you and not leaving in a better, you know, a better state of mind. I mean, that's almost, that would be impossible to not oh. have that happen because, you know, what you bring, the energy you bring to it is so much more than it, it's your skill as a chiropractor is probably equal to your energy as a human being. You know what I mean? It's just so uh, woven together that you get both every time. And so I love watching. I mean, I've seen that when I've been in your office, if I'm if I'm waiting my turn and I see people come in and I, I see it every time, you know, with oh, the, okay. they walk taller when they walk out. And it's not just the adjustment. Oh, okay. so I think that, and I love though that you like it's it's interesting the channels we find to do our inner healing, our, our not our inner healing, but our healing work. Don't you yeah. think? Oh, like, for sure. Um, this chiropractic is the you know where you started. I think you do it in a lot of other ways. Like, yeah, it's kind of your vector, you know, right. that's kind of like the, the the part that you start with. And it just, and plus it just gives you a lot of exposure to different types of people and kind mm -hmm. of learning different ways to resonate with others. You know, like I, I actually had this one, this is kind of a, one of a, a negative and a positive in my practice mm -hmm. is I had, a, I had a guy who he's, he's a big executive type, always comes in in a suit and always mm -hmm. looks stressed out and he is always stressed out right. and, right. um, and he comment he had to wait a long time, which I get it, you know, I get behind and right. I, as a patient, I get frustrated with that as well. And um, there was this neurologist who gave me this beautiful tip and it's and it's held true, I found. And because you get behind, it's part of the deal. You know, you can schedule an appointment to last 10 minutes and then they've just had a car accident and now it takes you an hour. Right. You know, right. X-rays, you just don't know. Right. So anyway, he said, always just, you know, you're going to get behind and that's the way it is. Just, just recognize that people are busy and they have their own lives and this is frustrating to them and just recognize it and apologize. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do that every time I go, oh gosh, thank you for waiting. I'm sorry. I'm getting so behind, you know, just so kind right. of recognize it. Don't act like, Hey, you can wait for me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I did this with this fellow and he, he came in, he's looking real gruff. So the first thing I said, I was I was about to say was, Hey, thank you for waiting. Sorry. I've gotten so behind. And, but the first thing he said was, you know, I really don't appreciate, you know, being out here and I'm waiting for you. And I hear you in there laughing and you know, all these things. Uh -huh, right. And so he kind of was laying into me and which I was at first, I was feeling very defensive. I'm like, Hey, you're, you're in my space right now. You can't talk to me that way. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I was kind of getting, def I felt myself getting defensive. And so then I, I thought, okay, well, what just happened, you know? And then, and then 
it, it came upon me. You know, how you had those moments where you're like, you lay in bed, you go, I wish I would have said this. Or, mm-hmm. I wish I would have. This was a moment where I actually said it and it came to me right at the right oh, time. Oh, I love when that happens. <laughs> it felt so good. <laughs> and, uh, and I just said, look, you know, I'll call him Jake. Okay. <laughs> Jake, your time is very valuable to me. Or I know that your time is valuable just as everybody else's is. I said, but sometimes it's not the adjustment that's, that's helping people. And, and I don't even know that I really had even had that thought before, but mm-hmm. the woman right before him, mm-hmm. when she came into the table, she came into my room and she's had a lot of health problems. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's common right. that she comes in not feeling well. Right. And, but she was really looking bad and really just not herself. Just really <laughs> is in a bad place. And, um, and so I was, you know, feeling her back and things. And it didn't seem as bad as it had been in the past. It wasn't kind of equating to the level of despair she seemed to be in. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of said, are you doing okay? You know, and, and how are we doing? And, you know, just, I guess I just kind of talked to her. I looked right at her in the eye and she looked me in the eye and she started crying oh. because her husband had died and, oh. and she didn't want to tell anybody. And mm. she, you know, and it just kind of all came out. And, you know, so we hugged and we talked about it a little bit. And then I still, you know, I still gave her a treatment. And so it did. It took a little longer than it should have. And, you know, but when she walked out, she wasn't crying anymore and she was laughing and Mm -hmm. she um, had so much gratitude. And so did I kind Mm -hmm. of that humbling thing of going, hey, this chiropractic stuff, you know, because I always think it can fix everything because it is so awesome. Right. But, you know, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes, you, you know, put that aside and just connect on a human level. Just being the person that they can say just, the words just to. Just be someone yeah. there to, to look yeah. at in the eye and have compassion, you know. Right. And uh, so then it, it was that it was the woman who was right before him. And I thought, you know, and I didn't want to air her her story to him. But right. I was so empowered by like, no way. You, you waiting right now is worth every bit of her being able to walk out and... Mm-hmm you know, kind of continue on with her day because she was truly in a, in a bad place. So anyway, so it was interesting because I, I, I still continue to see him, but I gave him the option. I said, you know, I, I don't have to treat you today. If you don't feel like you, this is something you want, I'm, you know, you're not obligated. I won't charge you. You can, you know, uh-huh. I, I can give you some referrals. If this isn't, this, if my practice style doesn't jive with you, then, uh-huh. you know, I, I've got some other people you're welcome to see. Well, I have seen him, of course, you know, once a month ever since then. <laughs> that was years ago. And that's so, the thing. I think people just sometimes need to have that, you know, like you needed to look him in the eye and, and set that for him too. Don't you think? Yeah, kind of. I think, I think a lot of times people don't hold their ground with him, you know, because mm-hmm. he's a lot of, he's the boss of a lot of people and they probably tell him what he wants to hear. But it's kind of like, you know, Hey, this is how I'm not going to change. I'm sorry. You had to wait. Cause I don't like to wait either. Um, you know, but this is important for someone's healing. And so that's awesome though. And, and that gives you like, I, I find every time that I, um, stay true to what I'm doing, mm-hmm. that I build that muscle within me, you know what so I mean? True. And then you yeah. can do more of that good. Right. So if you do the more that I make that the really, the most important thing, then yeah then I can do more of it versus if I keep letting it fall away because it's not making somebody happy, right, then, right. then I, I water it down and then it's not as good. So it's all for, it's all for the greater good, right? You know it, you know it. <laughs> okay. So the next question that was bubbling up in my mind as we were going along here is um, there's a couple things I was hoping that you could talk about that you've told me about, if you're okay talking about them, which I'm sure you will be, don't worry, um, is I love, I love how you have done some adventurous things 
as as a mom, because I think that sometimes when we get into the family structure, it gets harder to do that. I mean, at least that's the yeah, that's what sure. people say, but it's really not like that. <laughs> and are you learn. talking about like my um, the trips I do with the boys on their thirteenth birthday? Yes, that okay. was what I was talking about. So, if so you could funny, describe Jane, you're that. So- you are. You know how we always talk about your your um, connectedness and your intuition level? Yes. So up on my screen right now, there's another tab for these um, trips to Peru. Because <laughs> oh. I'm planning a trip to Peru right now with Barry. Oh, that's so amazing. So talk about this whole thing. Because yeah. I think it's it's so inspiring. And I, it's what it, it actually is what um, inspired me. To, two things you did. First of all, the fact that you took your trip to you took your maternity leave in Hawaii, which I mentioned on the intro episode, uh, blew me away, and it took me like three or four years to get myself to do it. But then I took the month or six weeks actually in California with Joe, and okay. it was for both of those reasons. Both of the story you're about to tell and that other story inspired me so much, and I would love other people to have this inspiration. So go for it. Excellent. Okay. Well, so I have four boys, and you know, as you kind of got the theme earlier, I'm always on the go. Do this, do that. You know, busy, busy, busy. It usually with them as well, but just kind of on the go, and they don't really get any solo time together for bonding because you know we have four, and they're all 18 to 22 months apart, so we're very close in age. No one's really gotten that kind of solo time. And so, you know, in the, in the dynamic changes so much when they're not around. I mean, I'm sure people who have multiple children can, you know, kind of identify with this. Mm-hmm. Is They act so much differently when they're just with you and they appreciate it so much. They're so grateful to just have you. And then when their siblings come along, then that's where the chaos starts, you know. <laughs> so, yes. so I think there's something to be said for that. It's something that they crave and appreciate. And so if you're not able to do that easily, you have to almost carve some time out. So I do that when the, when the boys turn 13, uh, particularly too, just because the 13th birthday is kind of a change in, you know, passing of the, the torch into kind of, you know, adolescence mm-hmm. slash teenage years. And they're so formative and difficult for them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, what I do is I let them pick a place, um, and on another continent, and it ha- so I have a couple parameters. We take this trip, <clears throat> and it has a few parameters that it has to adhere to. It has to be on another continent. It has to give you exposure to another language. And it has to, um, you have to navigate via old-fashioned maps, like no GPS. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't go, I think is what yeah, we're so saying So you're, you're bound. Yeah, I'm you're, out. You're going to okay. be state bound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know, it's something they don't know how to do anymore. You become oh, so dependent. I never knew how to do it, but go on. <laughs> I'm map deficient. It's like, it's a completely different language to me. Thank God for GPS for me, at least. Oh, so, that's funny, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes you, you kind of have that that sense, or you don't. But right. nonetheless, I, I want to kind of expose them to how you would do it if you need oh, to. Oh no, it's a good thing to learn, and I think yeah, they'll, they'll yeah. probably appreciate that because I had the, yeah. So go on, sorry. Yeah, so so that's part of it. Um, it has to have a philanthropic um, endeavor to it, it's at somehow, some way, where you do something kind of leave the place better than the way you found it. Uh, and it also, we I take them to a fine dining experience, like. You know, go okay. This is what you do, and mm-hmm. this is your this is your salad fork. This is your you know, soup spoon. <laughs> you know, when I get up from the table, you stand up, and when I come to the table, you stand up, and you, you know all these things. Can we GoPro that one the next time you do that? Can we get a GoPro of that? I need to see that. <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty comical. <laughs> As you see their expression, looking at me like, why do I have to stand up? This right. is stupid. Right. Well, I have boys, so I can see it in my mind's eye, but I would love to see a video of that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I actually have a nice picture of Jack. Jack and I at this, oh. um, at this, we're at this castle in Ireland 
and we're it's a picture of our our little fancy dinner there. And of course, in Ireland, you know, Waterford is right there, so you're you're, you're um, drinking from Waterford Crystal, and it was mm. all it was in this castle with that with real silverware, you know, all this stuff. It was so cool, and it's so funny when I look back at the picture of he and I, because you could tell he was like he felt like yeah he like stuck his jaw out kind of like Aww. that's right. I'm here doing this. Like, he just had, like, pride. I loved it. Oh, so tell, talk about that trip. Talk about what you and Jack did. Like, what your yeah, thing was. Yeah, so we, we flew um, to Dublin, and we rented a car, just this little, you know, my son is, at the time, he was, well, actually, on that trip, he, he on the pictures, we noticed he finally, like, got taller than me. That was the exact trip that we saw. Oh. He actually passed. <laughs> so that was, that was a year, so it was spring break last year, so... It would have been, he would have been 13 and five, see, I'm 5'11", so he was 5'11 and a half. I was going to say, you're tall, so he's a tall 13-year-old. Oh, Janie, now that he's 14? Yes. 6'4". Are you serious? 6'4"? Yeah. How does that happen? It's it's Thank insane. God you're a chiropractor. <laughs> right? Oh, I know. And, and, I, and I joke, it's the raw milk. You know, we drink raw milk. I'm like, see, it's all that good raw milk. <laughs> Six, four. Oh, my gosh. Okay, go on. Sorry. I'm just trying to imagine that. Yeah. So anyway, so we rent this little. So he was, he, I'm pretty tall. He was tall at the time, too. And we rent this this car it was the cheapest one I could find and it was like the size of a you know what do you call those little matchbox cars <laughs> we had to put it on the ferry and go over the water and everything and I didn't park it quite right I'm like Jack can you just lift it up and move it do you think like I really thought he could <laughs> so small <laughs> so that was kind of fun but and it was a stick shift and that's the other thing too is I teach them how to uh, drive a stick I think so, I'm going to need to be your surrogate 14, 13-year-old son because I don't know how to do that either. Okay, go you on. You stick over No, I can't. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> That's fun, really. That's why I'm building my own personal zombie apocalypse army through just like acquaintances so that I have somebody to do all those things for me. Someone do these things. Read yes. me a map. Yes. <laughs> Shift the car, all those things. <laughs> Yeah. So, so anyway, so yeah, so I taught him to, um, you know, we just went and we toured and I think the, the most fun we had, we, we stayed on a farm. My friend's family, um, lives there and that was probably the best part I would say, because, um, the father is 77 or 78 and, and they just live so simply like mm-hmm. they're, they're actual, like they'd have to get up. If you wanted to take a shower that day, they would ask you the night before if you're going to take a shower because the wife would get up and get the peat moss and put it in the oven and the pipes to the bathroom went through their oven that they cooked on, which was fire. And it would have to heat up the pipes so that you could take a hot shower. Like it was just such a different way of life. You you lost me. I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here and try to imagine that. Can you believe it? Yeah. And she's, she's, you know, no spring chicken either. She's in her She's hauling peat moss. I'm going, oh my gosh. Peat moss. I don't have to take a shower. It's okay. You know, my washer's on the blink right now. And I was trying to fix that this morning. And I just kept reminding myself, first world problem, first world problem. No big deal. Get over it. (laughs) Like you could actually, you might have to actually drive to a laundromat. What the heck? I'll fix it. I'll fix it. But still, it's like, this is taking like 20 minutes to fix it. I'm like, yeah, first world problem. Get over it. (laughs) Right? That's that's a good way to say it. First world problem. I'm going to roll with that. So So peat moss and showers. That must have been. So apparently they don't do that every day. 
like we do. Well, they do. Oh, they really? Do. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. But when you had guests, they had to kind of plan it, you know, because okay. I had one bathroom. Oh, yeah. And there were, let's see, three, three, five, seven. There were eight of us in this little house, mm. bathroom. And uh, it's <laughs> the way we would, we hiked up the mountains. We, we sat with a sheep and we just, it was so awesome. But his dad was really an interesting character and he really took Jack under his wing, you mm-hmm. know, this, this elderly fellow who still to this day um, hikes up the mountain. And the mountain is like a legitimate mountain. Like I was kind of hearing my life a couple times. And I'm like, you mean to tell me you hike up this thing? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Aww. And he was just so, he was just really uh, an interesting character. I'm grateful that Jack was able to get exposure to him because he was just a man's man. It good. Change, yeah, it changes people. He does. And, yeah. you know, he'd sit there and have his, his tea with milk and he'd um, flirt with his wife. <laughs> you know, it was just so cute. Aww. Like, gosh, what a great, just, just, just a simple living, you know, it was, it was really, I, I loved it because I felt like that really immersed us in the culture. Mm-hmm. We went to the pub with them. So, you know, they talk about the pubs. Well, this town, this town had about 200 people in it and it's in the middle of nowhere in Ireland. Like you're, you drive out and there's just sheep everywhere. You don't see like cities okay. and they had one store and that store was the post office the grocery <laughs> store and the restaurant and the pub it was all the same building <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you go to this town and you know the big thing was oh let's go to the pub the pub okay okay so I, I get gussied up and we get all dolled up and you go out at like like 10 o'clock at night and and here his dad or my friend's dad was there you know he's elderly uh-huh. he stayed out till you know 12 midnight, 1230. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's so great. But, in, you know, and he had one pint of beer. It wasn't right. like, you know, it's, it's not about like drinking. It's just a community thing. So you have this quiet little town mm. and then there's one light on and you open the door and you can't hear anything. Well, you open the door. Then it's this lively pub, people playing cards and telling stories. It was really, oh, how fun. it was, I really enjoyed it. What, it was, what town was it? Can you say what town it was? Yep, that was um, it was in County Cork, and the town what was the town called? Uh, Gal? No, not Galway. That's a bigger town. That's okay. I just thought Which, it would be cool. Yeah, I'd have to look at a map and tell you, but I know it was County Cork. Okay. And um, yeah, it was just really it was so, awesome. So how did you how did you manage the language barrier, or did they speak English as well? They spoke English a okay. lot. Some of it would be Gaelic. Okay. But they you know kind of they change it it's because they both typically i guess everybody there does speak both but but they have such a heavy accent too that you know there were a couple times where i'm like if it was someone that didn't know me they all know that we were out of mm-hmm. obviously we were like you know black sheep there <laughs> <laughs> and they would say something and i wouldn't realize that they knew that i was not from there and i'd have to say i thought i would have to say oh oh i don't speak gaelic and they go Jesus Christ, woman, I'm speaking English. <laughs> her accent was so heavy. It's a hard accent. It, it's so heavy. The Irish accent is so yeah, heavy. Yeah. So was, how long were you there? I'll, I'll tell you real quick. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I really, we interacted a lot with um, older people there, which I really liked. I liked mm-hmm. Jack having exposure to that. Because that's been something, too, with my, with my time off here when I've had, when I've been kind of more homebound, mm-hmm. is I really have connected with um, the elderly community more. Mm-hmm. It just in random, like kind of your random acquaintances. You know, you're sitting at the coffee shop and there's a, a fellow there just who has nothing to do the rest of the day, but kind of sit and have his coffee and I'd sit and chat with him. I really, mm. really appreciate that because I, you know, there'd be times, you know, for the most part of my life, I'd be 
been rushing around to get somewhere and I wouldn't have stopped to, to talk to them. But um, so I had some great conversations with the, some of the fellows, the old guys, <laughs> the old gals in the, in the town. And, uh, and it was funny in Ireland, like, okay, so I, I don't know if I have to mute this out, but I'll just say <laughs> this is a four letter word. But when, when these, these grandmas are talking, they'll tell a story like, yeah, da, 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 da. So all oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Did he just say that? Oh my gosh, he just said that. Like, you know, in front of my son Jack, and it right. was totally normal. And Jack's eyes get big. I'm like, yep, okay. <laughs> and they're all like respectable, classy people. So it was really funny. It was kind of, it was just kind of an interesting. It's I, just I a it. culture thing, right? They're, it's just they don't make a big deal out of it. Whereas no. here, it's such a big, it's such a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And in so drinking funny. beer, you know, like that was just a normal, like, oh, you can have a beer, just don't have too many, you know. Right. Kind of. So, oh, yeah. it sounds like, like perfect. So how long were you there when you went? 10 days. 10, Ten days. days. And do you think, like, did you notice and did your husband notice a change in him from that experience? Absolutely. You, what's that? I was trying to think of that movie. There's some movie, you know, it says like, oh, we'll always have, what's that movie? Always, we'll, we'll always have Reno. Or right. what is it? Rio? No, movie? Is it Re- I don't know. I'm so. It's this, not Reno. It's something like that. We'll always have yes. Paris. Yes, something, something like, like that. I could Google it now, but you'd hear me, so we're just gonna have to go oh, with okay. that. We'll always have Paris. <laughs> yeah. So for Jack and I, it's we'll we'll always have Ireland. Right. Oh. <laughs> you know, so like when things are getting gnarly, or if his hormones are flaring, or whatever, mm. I'll just think ahead. We'll always have Ireland. <laughs> oh, and, and it's so true, though. I mean, that is going to stick with him his whole life. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he actually he references it still. Like I'll, I'll mm-hmm. hear him talking to his friends and things. He'll mention it, and it, it was definitely a I, like I would ne- I wouldn't change I would not change a thing. It was perfect. It was I would I would encourage anybody to do it. You don't have to do it to such a degree, like another mm-hmm. continent or another country or whatever. You know, just taking that time where it's one on one, and and you know when we go to restaurants, just letting it was reckless abandon you know we try to eat pretty healthy in my house right. like we try to just gluten and things like that and i'm like hey get after it. whatever you want try it you know mm-hmm. and <laughs> his his big story he likes to say when we come back um you know i'm so frugal when we they'd have these huge um irish breakfasts and i'm mm-hmm. not really, I, I don't really get hungry real early in the morning and so i would wrap up some of my things to just take it in the car with us uh-huh uh, and one of the things I just loved were these sausages and I forget what they called them but they were like these little medallions and they were dark colored and super salty and they were so good and and I would eat them like in the car and Jack's like God you really like those sausages I'm like I do they're so good and so I'd order them every time we go anywhere well then when we end up talking to some locals I said yeah I really I've enjoyed your food you know the these sausages she goes oh really yeah, a lot of the Westerners don't like those because it grosses them out. I'm like, does? What? Wait, why? Why? Well, you know, blood and oats could be kind of weird. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> so we kept calling them scab sausages. I'm like, I'm eating scabs. Oh, my God. I'm eating scabs. That is so disgusting. That's that is terrible. so disgusting. So, so whenever we'll eat something here now, I'll be like, Jack, just try it. He goes, coming from the woman who loves scabs. <laughs> That's oh my gosh! You have to be careful. You have to yeah. not really. If you loved them and the people are surviving on them, what's the difference, there, right? Yeah, it's fine. As long as I didn't, at least I didn't know at the time. Right. I think yeah, that might have stopped. That might have stopped. <laughs> Who would have known that that's what makes things so tasty? You know. Yeah. No wonder it was so salty. I guess right. that was. <laughs> uh, so um, so Joe and I, I think are. I mean, I'm tracking to do um, 
London next year, next summer awesome. for our month away. Oh, and awesome. because I don't know if I'm as bold yet to go somewhere where I don't know the language, especially considering the GPS issue. <laughs> 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 so um, that's what, but I think like even just uh, San Francisco and Northern California yeah. changed him. It changed him because it gives, it broadens their perspective, right? It for gets sure. them uh, out yeah. of South Central Wisconsin and let for me sure. see something different. And for what you, what you did, what you're doing with your kids definitely gives them a worldview. You know, it's yeah. something that I definitely didn't have at that age. I mean, I didn't have that. I don't have it yet. Essentially, I haven't left the country yet. So I don't really have it. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, Jean, you have to go. You have to meet oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, when is that? When can I be? Yeah, that's, so I'm looking at <laughs> of late November. Okay. Yeah, there's there's uh, actually some really cool. I'm really just really stoked about it because you know Machu Picchu and all these things. Like right. it's, I'm just itching to go, and I think I've kind of ignited a, a fire in Barrett for it because um, I've gotten a bunch of books on some mm-hmm. alternative archaeology, and because that's kind of one of my passions too is um, looking up on kind of um, ancient wisdom and. And things that we've lost in translation kind of thing. Like, right. oh, God, there's so many curiosities around us that we we pass off. You know, things like Stonehenge. Well, you'll get to see Stonehenge. Yes, exactly. Oh, Jane, that's going to be awesome. Oh, I can't wait. Oh. But, yeah, like all these um, ancient ruins and things that we don't really know about in the pyramids. Like, I just have such a um, desire to learn more about those things. And now I think I've kind of sparked it in Bear, too. So I, I'm kind of reliving my uh, curiosities through him, which is a lot of fun, too. So you kind of followed right into my next question, which is what what is it that you're like you're really like something you're newly curious about that you weren't maybe before? Um, like, that's like calling your attention. Yeah. If there's like well, a certain really, area of study or a certain area. Yeah, of just, I would say there is, you know, um, for well, for a long time, I guess it's not new, but I'm always learning new things about mm-hmm. it. And particularly because this uh, this impending um, Peru trip. So I'm learning about the Paracas skulls, which are these elongated skulls. And they're really fascinating. And and the DNA samples, they don't they don't match any of the um, of our DNA samples. There's there's it's just very dissimilar and it's not uh, an anomaly. It seems to be a different race of human that we don't have. <gasps> yeah. And then how do yeah. I not know this? It's okay, tell me more. Tell me more. I'll I need send to know you this. some links on it. Okay. So um, Brian Forsters is the uh, the researcher who I've been reading his books and things on it. But there's also really good um, information, kind of more mainstream art, um, academia with Robert Shock. He's the one who redated the Sphinx and, and things like that. So he's okay. some really interesting um, uh, academics. But anyway, if you look, and so if you extrapolate that to kind of our history and our um, our traditions okay so nefertiti okay you know like in egyptian culture where they had that huge headdress that tall headdress yes well where does that come from and what right. is that all about? and then um there are some um south american i think it's south american i'll have to double check that don't quote me on that but okay. some different cultures nonetheless <laughs> that would do the boarding the headboarding are you familiar with that no where they would bind okay so you, of course you know in asia they would bind women's feet to yes. be smaller yes well they're um and i've seen the neck clothes. thing where they do the yep. neck thing to make yeah. it longer yes and mm-hmm. so there's another um manipulation of the body and what they would do with babies is put a board on the back of their head and bind it oh. so it would be an elongated skull okay and because they thought that was like a sign of um, the ancestors and intelligence and okay. beauty and all these things. And so you go, oh, where did that come from? And, and then, well, here you find all these skulls. And so the skulls are fascinating, too, because because it's so dry there. They've been basically mummified and the hair is still on them. And the hair is red. They have blonde and red what? hair. 
Yeah, which of course. Oh, wait, is where here. where are these heads? Where are these yeah, skulls? Paracas, P A R A C A S. Paracas and that's in Peru. Uh huh, in Peru. Oh. And there's so many. There's so many just um, curiosities in Peru. You know, you've got the Nazca lines. If you're familiar with those, mm-hmm. those are these lines that you can only see. They've been there um, since since written history. And no one knew what they were. You just see these kind of like um, gathering of kind of like pebbles, but not quite. It was almost like where the dirt was wiped away okay. on, the, um, on, on the dry ground and in the sandy area. It's kind of hard to explain. It's not really carved, okay. but it's, it's kind of um, sweeped, swept a little bit. Anyway, you'd see them, but they kind of looked like maybe lines from farmers that predated anybody. You know, nobody really paid attention. Right. Well, then when, once we got the power of flight, you look down and these are huge, like petroglyphs. So they're shapes of things. There's a phoenix. There is um, this large spider. There are, I mean, there are tons of geometric shapes that you can only appreciate and view from an aerial view. And of course, they've been there since before, you know, the 30s, you know, before the Wright brothers, before right. anything. The, these these were there in the, since the beginning of um, written uh, written history in that region. So really fascinating. How uh, do see, I not know these things? How have I got this far in my life oh, and I don't on. know anything about this? this well, is- I didn't know that much either. You know, you just kind of oh. stumble upon things and, you know, kind of get wow. interested. But very fascinating. And and so and then you go like through Cusco, or uh-huh. Cusco uh-huh. In Peru, which is typically where you fly in or you go to Lima and then go to Cusco because that's a major area. And they have all of these um, ancient walls that, of course, everything's Inca in there. Everything's Inca, archa- you know, everything Inca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, these the, what the Incan ruins, the way you can really tell the difference between the Inca and some kind of civilization that predated it was that the technology was so much more advanced in the older the pre-Incan um, archaeology. So the the walls of like say this this is um, place called Saxe Huaman. Mm-hmm. But it no, I've not heard of anything you're talking about. All I know I'll is South you. America and the Galapagos Islands. Okay. That's it. Oh, oh, oh yeah, on. I'll send you some info. <laughs> oh, in like, Argentina, but go on. In okay. Argentina, yeah. <laughs> so there are these these walls, these huge stone walls and fortresses, and and they're made with stones that almost look like marshmallows that have been squished a little bit. But they have the same joint lines as the the Great Pyramids, where you can't even fit a human hair between them. Hmm. And but the stones have been manipulated in a really strange way. It almost looks like they're laser cut. And there's one of them. It's got I think 13 angles on it, and it fits com- perfectly in this wall with with 13 cut angles, and you can't even put a hair between them. How did they do that? That's the question, and no one knows. And there's all these mysteries. And in the Inca culture then recognized that this is something of value, and, and they would try to patch it. And you could see the difference with the um, technology that the Incas had. It was, it was like adobe. It was, and it's crumbling now. Mm-hmm. And so when you walk the, the um, streets of Cusco, there's this one particular wall where you can see where they've patched it. And it's really just, just fascinating. Like, how did the, the ancient civilization that predated the Incas, how come they were so much right. more advanced? And where did that knowledge go? Right. I, I think that's, it is fascinating. Like, I, I always, well, I won't go into my theories of the earth because that might be, <laughs> that that's all in my head. That's all my own theories. So I won't oh, go I, into that. But uh, maybe we can it. have a, we should have coffee and talk about that. For um, sure. Yeah. So how will you just do 10 days there? That's the question. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Right. Um, I, I actually have this one tour, you know, because I don't want to do the mainstream tours because I think, 
I know. Me either. I never like doing that. I want to go off the beaten path. Yeah, I need to have experiences and just, you know, it can't be too planned or or you don't really get all of it in. So so I'm going to meet up with this this fellow who's written the books that I've been reading. He offered some tours there and some guidelines. So we're going to connect with him and kind of see where that takes us. But, um, you know, and getting back, though, with the the Paracas skulls, you know, you think about the Pope. Mm, Right. You know, it's very, it's a very common thing if you start looking at it in the Egyptian. I mean, it's just kind of fascinating. You it go, is. there must be something to that. Uh, and, you know, the pyramids and all that, how they're on every continent. They're, they're actually pyramids. You know, you can see there, there's this thing called megalithomania that I really enjoy. It's about um, how, you know, when cataclysms happen, what would be surviving oftentimes would be obviously stonework because it's mm-hmm. so resilient. And so we have all these, um, these artifacts and things that are, that are manipulated stone and we don't know where they came from. And isn't that curious? Why aren't we talking about it more? I know. You know where you came from to kind of see where you're headed. And I think our human history is, it has either been purposely kind of hidden from us or it's just been lost to the, the annals of time. I don't know, but, but I think there's a lot to know. Well, and I think, I mean, I think today's world makes it so much more, um, gives us such greater opportunity to learn these things. You know, like when I, when you think about, well, why didn't I know these, I've lived here, know these things I've lived here all these years, but the, it wasn't as accessible. I mean, you'd have to go like dig through a library or have some way to connect with people down in Peru who were studying these things to really exactly. learn about them. But now with the internet, everything is so much more accessible that it's like, it's one of, I think, the beauties of the internet. There are some days where I'm really frustrated with the internet. Yeah. And, but there, but many days I'm just like, the fact that I can go and learn things, I mean, I have to make sure that they're accurate and, and, and mm-hmm. legitimate, but the fact that I can read about things like that at my love fingertips. It. I love it. I yeah. Know. And it's, and it's like the limits, you know, it's exponential. There really aren't limits. And what I like about it too, is it used to be, you know, you'd go to your cyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, <laughs> see what you could find. And now you have so many references that you can kind of cross collaborate and go, right. okay, if this is saying this, and these are all different um, organizations and different mm-hmm. perspectives, but they're all kind of saying the same thing. Well, then that resonates with me. That seems to kind of make sense of why that would be since, History is always written by the winner, of course. Right. All these different things. Right. You know, That's a good way of, of putting it. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think that it's amazing that you can connect with the writers. Don't you? Yeah. The fact oh, that you're going to sure. talk with that, that you're going to meet the author. I mean, how profound is that? What an what a what an inspiring moment for Barrett to have that like oh this is something you can do I think that's the thing and looking for more academic um you know because there's a lot of politics involved and in, in archaeology if you're a tenured professor mm-hmm. you don't want to go against the grain and and a lot of things that happen in the Smithsonian too it just uh you, if you don't want to rock the boat because you've got a stable job and you, you don't right. want to you know I, I can understand that as you're if you're feeding your family that way you don't want to go on a limb with a crazy wild theory but those theories need to be talked about and people are apprehensive about it and and i think now there's a forum for that because you can kind of bring it up uh, via the internet in a a safer way but right and just keep yeah keep getting the word out that's so amazing yeah yeah and that's why these researchers do it you know a lot of them um there's another fellow who comes along there there's that show ancient aliens i don't know if you've ever seen that i have uh, not but i think i'm gonna have to now oh it's really interesting and it's just thought-provoking you know and and a lot of the, uh, the people who are um 
guests there that's kind of their passion and they kind of do things like these like they'll go okay let's take a tour here we're not offering any we're not saying what it is what we want your brain power on it what do you think it is because we mm -hmm. don't know either you know right so that's what yeah, makes it really that. exciting i mean what an experience for him i wonder what this will will launch in him for his you know what what seeds will plant during yeah, this trip right? for his future i think that's the thing that's so like that's the thing that I love about living life fully right now is that hopefully it's giving the, the kids, my kids, permission to do the same thing. For sure. To see yeah. them, live, you, for them to see you living your truth and then right. will encourage them to, to, you know, be curious and explore. Like, like I remember my dad was always um, so like, whatever you do, be the best at it. You Aww. be the best, whatever. And, and I love that. But I also think there's some value in being kind of good at a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know. my claim to fame right now. <laughs> I can, I can do we're a that loud and we're proud. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's beauty in that um, because that's a well-rounded person. You know, you can, you, I don't know, that's living your life, I think. Well, you know, as we entered this conversation today, I knew it was going to be fun and entertaining. It was for me, at least. And oh, I think it was too. for you. Yeah. And I think that, um, well, for sure, I'm hoping I can get you back again when you're done with your trip to Peru and hear some stories from that. Sure. Uh, but I, I never in a million years would have guessed that two of the common words that we talked about today would have been scabs and skulls. <laughs> Who'd have thought? I did not see that coming, not at all. So, thank you for um, surprising me like you always do. And I mean, we met, there's so much more I would love to talk with you about because there's so many other things that you that you do. You know, like um, what you have going on up in your land up, up oh, north, yeah, and, and uh, yeah. what you do with um, natural healing and um, food and all of these things. So, I, I think we are going to have to have a part two if you're up for it. Hey, I'm totally down with that. All right, good, good. I love what you're doing here. I think it's just brilliant. Well, thank you. I hope people enjoy it. And I, I'm so far, I'm sure enjoying it. I enjoy them when I listen back. I laugh just as much and good. enjoy the stories. So, well, thank you for coming today. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about all of your travels and adventures and definitely about really elongated skulls. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you just like know more than you ever wanted to know. <laughs> I'll give you a tutorial once I learn more. All right. All right. <laughs> Jane, thanks for having me. It was really enjoyable. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Well, just like I told you, that conversation went all over the place. I can't even believe the things that we ended up talking about. But when I stopped and reflected on the conversation, the thing that that really stuck with me, that I went back and thought, how can I apply this in my life, is the story she told about her son when she was laying in bed. And he said one of the good things was that he could lay in bed and just lay there with her. And it really reminded me about slowing down and taking some time when we get in these really fast-paced lives that we have. And I know for myself, I have all these things I want to do all the time. People wonder, do you ever sleep? And sometimes I just need to slow down and be with the people that I'm with. So that's the reminder I took away, and I'm so glad I had the conversation with her, and I cannot wait to hear back when she gets back from Peru. Thanks for listening.